eternal God, you draw near to us in Christ and make yourself our guest. Amid the cares of our daily lives, make us attentive to your voice and alert to your presence that we may treasure your word above all else. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Today we hear the legend of how our ancestor Abraham extended elaborate hospitality to three strangers. You may notice that his wife Sarah does most of the work. <laughs> it turns out that the three strangers are really the Lord God. And God makes Abraham and Sarah a promise that within the year they will be given the son they've been praying for. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre. As Abraham sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to Abraham, where is your wife Sarah? And he said, there in the tent. And then one said, I will surely return to you in due season and your wife Sarah shall have a son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. St. Paul suffered physically and emotionally as he completed his mission to proclaim the good news of God's kingdom to the Gentiles. He tells us that in his suffering, he made up for what was lacking in the suffering of Jesus. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known 
the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is Christ whom we proclaim, warning every person and teaching every person in all wisdom so that we may present every person mature in Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. Listen to this reading. It comes from the Gospel according to Luke. Now, as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, they entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Now, Martha had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, dear Martha, You are worried and distracted by so many things. There's really need of only one thing. Your sister Mary has chosen the better part. And it will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. We've met Martha and Mary before in the Gospel of John. But we wonder in this Gospel, this Lucan Gospel, this Gospel of Luke, where was Lazarus their brother? I have it on on, on good authority that... He was a part of his men's club at the Bethany Synagogue, and they had their annual golfing week. So he was out somewhere golfing. I made that up, Mike. Don't. Okay. But Luke's gospel is a gospel that it helps us to recognize that women are not second-class citizens. In Luke's gospel, women take an important role. In Luke's gospel, the story of the birth of Jesus focuses on Mary, doesn't it? Not Joseph, but Mary. How unusual in that milieu. In Luke's gospel, it's the women. It's it's Mary Magdalene, and and they're the ones that come back and, and tell the disciples that the tomb is empty. They were the first ones to spread the good news of the resurrection. Luke is telling us something. You can't keep women 
in second-class citizen category. Women are with men in the reign of God. In this gospel, we recognize that there's something. Martha is so fussed. She's fussed about feeding the people that came. And, And I always pictured before that it was just Jesus and Martha and Mary. No, Jesus, Jesus had a posse. Jesus had a bunch of people that were with him. So you can imagine they were all in the house and Martha was running around trying to, trying to show hospitality to Jesus and his followers. And Mary, Mary just sits at the feet of Jesus listening to what he wants to say, listening to the truth that he would tell all of us. Mary chose the better part. As we look at this story and think about it, we realize that this story is telling us a lot about our lives as Christians, as believers in Jesus. Part of our lives has to be dedicated to sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to what he wants to teach us. That's how we find out who we are. As Paul said in the second reading, that's when we recognize, when we sit at the feet of Jesus in contemplation, we recognize that Christ is within us. What a powerful line St. Paul gives us. Christ living within you. But when we listen to Christ's presence within us, how often he calls us to to get up, to move, to serve the needs of other people. This story story honors both the, the contemplative part of our lives and the discipleship, the apostolic, the servant section or part of our lives. If we're going to follow Jesus, we have to do, we have to be both. That's not always easy, is it? Very often our own concerns keep us from trying to serve the needs of others. There are so many ways that we do stewardship here at Good Shepherd, and the choice is always ours to be involved. I want to suggest that when we listen to Jesus in our prayer and contemplation, he moves us on. Go out and do something. Serve the needs of others. But if we try to live our lives without that contemplation, we lose focus, as Martha did, We get all resentful for the kind of service we're called. We make excuses for not doing the service we're called to do. We need to take that time for quiet prayer. In my own life, 
It's a sad story that sometimes I just don't do that. I don't take the time to read the word and, and try to understand it in Lexio Divina. I don't take the time to get quiet and centered in the Lord Jesus, the centering prayer. When I do, when I spend the first hour of the day doing that, my day goes much, much better. I have a better sense of who Jesus is and where Jesus is and what I'm supposed to be doing. Cardinal Bernadine, the late Cardinal of Chicago, said that the first hour of every day he gave to God, and he did that because there were some young priests, while he was the archbishop in Cincinnati, there were these young priests who said, uh, Joe, do, do you pray? And he scratched his head and he said, well, I, I try to get the office in. It's not good enough. You need to prayer of contemplation, reflecting on the word. And that's when Cardinal Bernadine decided that the first hour of every day would belong to God in prayer and contemplation. What do you think? Do you hear the wisdom of Cardinal Bernadine? I got to tell you a story, and you're going to wonder how this connects, but in my mind it connects. Uh, when I was the pastor at St. Rochus in Johnstown, uh, and that was 40 years ago, I started there, and the parish was three quarters of a million dollars in debt. That was 40 years ago in a town that was losing its major industry. So financially, it was kind of a scary time. But what was neat is the members of the parish really decided to pick that up and run with it, tried to bring the parish out of indebtedness. As a result, we had four festivals every summer. Four. We had the picnic in June, the arts festival in July, the seafood festival in August, and uh, the festival that uh, the, the local people did, the National Folk Festival, right in front of our church. Well, it was at the Arts Festival, and we always tried to bring some well-known artists in for, for that festival. And one year, Carol, you're not going to believe this, one year we booked Frankie Yankovich. How, how many of you know Frankie Yankovich? Western Pennsylvania, Eastern European, oh yeah. We were so excited Frankie was coming. I was going to get to meet Frankie Yankovich. And, and I was so excited. And, and uh, he, was, he was supposed to go on stage at 5.30. 5 o'clock. No Frankie. 10 after 5. 20 after 5. No Frankie. I'm panicking now. I'm actually looking through the crowd to find someone who looked, resembled Frankie in any way. I figured I can drag that guy. We can put an accordion on his back and just have our, our accordion player, Jerry Intahar, have him, have him play and people would not know the difference. 
Well, at about 25 after, Frankie Yankovic showed up. Apparently, he had stopped at the Croatian club uh, and had a couple, I think he was having a beer and a bump. Uh, I, I, shot in a beer and maybe more than one. When he got to our picnic, he was, uh, he was tuned out. He, he, but he gave a marvelous show and people were so excited. One of the things, and this is the part of the story that relates to the gospel. You were waiting for that, I know that. <laughs> there were so many people there that the food that we made was gone. We were sold out. We had an, an international buffet, we had roast lamb, we, all kinds of ethnic foods, and, and it was all gone. And we still had crowds. And we had to feed them. What were we going to do? And this is where the story connects. Uh, my friend Eleanor Little was in charge of the international buffet. And she called me. She said, Charlie, come here. We were in the kitchen. We looked around and we saw that there were still some noodles that they used to make halushki. Uh, there was some ham that was part of the international buffet, and there was some cottage cheese. So Eleanor Little and I threw the th three things together. We gave it a Croatian name, which I can't remember right now. And we served that to the guests at the end of the day. It was delicious, and they loved it. The point of the story is that Evelyn and I, we, we didn't panic. We didn't get upset like Martha would. We recognized that what we were doing was for the Lord and for his community. We recognized that it was the Lord who was within us. And what we were doing was a way to serve the needs of others. We need both things in our, our lives. We need to find time for contemplation, time to just reflect on the word of God, time to just get quiet and sense that God is in the middle, in the center of our lives. Time to pray the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me. Or maybe your time is, is praying the rosary. Whatever it is, we need to dedicate time. The, the best is the first hour of every day. But what we can to recognize God's presence with us, knowing that once we do that, God's going to kick us out and have us serve the needs of others. You ready for that? Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.